This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike Kay from NJ Advanced Media and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today we're going to discuss the Eagles preseason game against the Steelers, the winners of training camp so far, and the guys who will be worth watching moving forward. Chris, how you doing today? Not bad, man. It's preseason even. Preseason game even. It's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. How are you doing? Good. We're recording this on a Wednesday prior to Thursday's preseason game against the Steelers, like we promised. Uh, uh-huh. you'll, you'll be noticing that uh, the podcast will pick up, obviously, as the season goes on. Uh, Chris and I are really excited to bring you some in-depth content over the next several months. And uh, we're going to start with previewing this preseason game. Uh, you know, Nick Sirianni said that Jalen Hurts will play in this preseason game. He'll run with the first team. Chris, you're, you're, you've been kind of the guy who has been covering Jalen from minute to minute station to station throughout training camp. So I'm going to open the floor up to you. Tell me the three things you want to see from Jalen Hurts in the preseason. Also, how long do you think he should play in preseason game number one? I'll start with that second one first. I think he should play at least a quarter in pre in, in first preseason game, being that there's only one, there's only, there's one less, one fewer preseason game this year. So you want to get him, him to get as many reps as he possibly can against different competition. But the three things I really want to see him ha- do is a lead the team in a sustained drive and and not continually have three and outs, and so he can build some rhythm. Two, I want to make sure obviously he throws some accurate balls, especially in the middle of the field. And three, I really want to see him stand in the pocket, face a pass rush, and deliver a good ball across the middle of the field. He's as training camp has gone on, you see him becoming more patient, stepping up in the pocket. He's delivering uh, the balls, especially in the middle of the field, towards. Those are uh, the bigger receivers and especially the tight ends, too. He's doing a better job as opposed to when he first started. So those are the three things I'm really looking forward to seeing. Now, how about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I know this on Twitter uh, on Tuesday, but, you know, there was a big internal concern amongst not only the team, but the players, agents of players that were worried about certain positions being 
targeted and tight end was one that did draw some concerns from last season. Obviously it's a small sample size, but so far during camp, it seems like Jalen Hurts's best chemistry is actually with the tight ends, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Um, Goddard had kind of come by the, you know, had started off kind of quiet in training camp, but really over the last couple of practices, he's really picked up. Zach Ertz has been consistently good throughout uh, the practices that we've witnessed. Um, you and I are in full agreement. I think he needs to play a full quarter or at least three series, whichever is the higher the higher grouping, if that makes sense. I just think you need to see multiple drives out of this guy. Putting him in for one drive, even if it if it is a touchdown drive, is not enough, in my opinion. When we yes. watch Jalen Hurts, and, and tell me if you agree with this, when we watch Jalen Hurts in practice – He's not very good against air. He's not very good in the individual drills. Then when you start seeing him getting the seven on sevens, he's a little bit more accurate, a little bit more consistent. And 11 on 11 is really when he shines because he uses his mobility very well. He uses his kind of backyard kind of football uh, prowess to his advantage. Uh, he like, I, I think he's more comfortable with a rush in his face than he is just standing still and hitting targets. Do you agree with that? I, yeah, I agree with that. I also think it's one of those things where you know it's in practice and you're wearing the red jersey that you know you're not going to get hit. And I don't know if that adds that extra adrenaline where he goes, you know what, I got to start moving around and creating on the, on that aspect. So I think that plays a role in it. And and you're right about when it comes to him getting that time because if he was in the league for about seven, eight years and he's a veteran guy, he knew this, then you can see him giving some get, getting some time off like playing one series and he's out. But he's still very young. He's entering his second season. He only started four games last season. So you and he didn't get, get a get and, as much that one. Oh, sorry, and and not no, to bre- cut you off, but he also didn't get a preseason to be that backup who plays a ton of snaps in the preseason. Yep. Right. So really, he has only played in four. You know, he's only taken more than a handful of snaps in four games. Exactly. Like that's it. Last year was kind of his preseason in a lot of ways, but he had bullets flying against first-team defenses. And I think that was what was so impressive and uh, intriguing about him is he really had no – I mean, like he had a throw here and there. He had a run here and there. But realistically, he didn't get a full series to do what he needed to do until, you know, week 12. So – uh, so I guess it was five games because when they bench Carson, he came in for a while against Green Bay. But again, I think this is going to be the real test for him. I th- I would give him about a a, a, a C so far. Um, what would you give him since you've been grading him on a daily basis? I'd probably I'd give him a B minus because those first few practices they were less than stellar accuracy wise and, and some of the decision making, but as it's going along, he's gotten better. And it, I I think it's one of those things where I don't know if he was still getting trying to get chemistry with a lot of these guys, but it, it looked he's he's just looked a lot better. He's looked more comfortable now in this offense. So if it was a if you asked me about the first couple of days, you're looking at C range in in that C range, but I think he's gotten better to the point where I give him a B minus. Yeah, I think you've convinced me. Maybe I'd give him a C plus. I, I just like <laughs> like if if we were doing out of ten, somebody asked me the other day. I said probably a five and a half to six and a half, and that was before the first the last two practices 
that we watch. Now I'd probably give him, you know, a six and a half. But That's I guess fair. that'd be a C. That that'd be a C minus. I, I I don't whatever. Anyway, <laughs> look, I, I want to address something because on Twitter, look, it was the same thing with Carson Wentz. It's the same thing with Nick Foles. Everybody either protects or prods the quarterback. They either are overly defensive of a quarterback or they're overly critical. Uh, so when you're over, when you're overly positive, the, the critical folks are like, come on, man, like he didn't, you know, do this. The, when you're even the least bit critical, the, the other side of the population says, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not a first round pick. Give him a break. He needs time. And I think like, look, I'm not going to tell anybody how they're supposed to feel, but I think there are people that misinterpret our jobs. Uh, Our jobs are to provide analysis, whether that's praising a guy for a performance or criticizing a guy for his performance, but being objective, calling it what it is. And I think with Jalen Hurts, there's this sentiment among fans who are like, you want him to, the the media wants him to fail. And I just, first off, I don't want anyone to fail. That's not really my personality. I know for a fact, that's not your personality. Um, can you kind of address that, Chris? Because like from your perspective, you know, obviously Jalen was not drafted to be the guy. He was not, uh, Carson Wentz was. So there's a bit of a different like outlook. What's your opinion of like the kind of feedback Jalen Hurts is getting, not only from, from media, but the fan base? I've seen everywhere I've seen it, it's been extremely mixed and it's polar. It's almost like we have a car, we are covering Carson Wentz all over again at times. And you're right, you hit the nail on the head. We, we, we are not the people who are going to say, Hey, you know what? Let's cheer on. Like, we're going, we're not going to be cheerleaders and we're not going to be the people who are to say, Oh, we're just going to hate them just to hate them. Our job is to be, is to look, see, tell what happens and is reported in an accurate fashion. And there are going to be days when he looks really, really good. And there are going to be days when he looks really bad and he's struggling. That's the, that's the, what happens with a lot of young quarterbacks. It's a, as it go, as things go along, as the season goes along, if it becomes more a consistent thing, you start to see aspects of his game where it's either doing well or, or lacking. That's what we're going to report. That, that's our job. You don't, you don't want to, you, you can't sugarcoat things in this industry because it's easy to go back. I mean, look, freezing cold takes has made a it's a habit of doing that when it comes there. So, our job is just to make tell what we see during those days and then report on that. We is there are gonna be times I know people aren't gonna like some of the stuff I write at times. It, some stuff you write at times they're not gonna like it, but it's the stuff that actually happens in the practices and our availabilities as said and observed. So it's it, it's rough at times, but it, it is it's our job and we have to do it. Yeah, and I think sometimes people misinterpret perspective for criticism. Like, for instance, I tweeted out yesterday about how it was a concern coming into camp that Jalen Hurts wouldn't be able to target tight ends well. And then I complimented that it actually turned out to be the opposite of that. That was a compliment. That was a that was praise. And it was taken as, well, why does it always have to be a negative before a positive? Well, because that's perspective. Um you know, I got into it with a guy who was a big John Hightower fan, uh, and we went back and forth. And it's just like, uh, 
I'm not seeing it with John Hightower, who, by the way, is week to week with a groin injury. Um, the Eagles are battling a lot of injuries right now. Uh, you know, no Andre Dillard was injured during Tuesday's practice. He suffered a knee sprain. Kayvon Wallace, the safety, suffered a groin strain. Uh, Jason Croom's been week to week with a knee injury. Brandon Brooks just returned from a hamstring injury, as did Isaac Samalu. Devontae Smith is still sidelined with a knee injury. Davian Taylor is sidelined with a calf injury. So, like, there's a lot going on uh, injury-wise. You know, the Eagles are going to have to be creative with how they stack the lineups and, and, you know, rep allocation for this preseason game against the Steelers. Um, When you look at the Eagles overall, though, I think the most intriguing battles right now at least from a stylistic standpoint, as well as a depth standpoint, are the running back group, the linebacker group, and the uh, safety group. Uh, Who are the standouts you see from each one of those groups, Chris? I think when you look at the running back, I I really like the way Jason Huntley has played so far. And I think we all know Sanders is going to be the guy. I think it's safe to say Boston Scott's going to be in there as well. And then you start to look at who's going to slot in some of those spaces right behind him. And I'm not saying he's going to be better than Carrion Johnson because I think Carrion Johnson offers a lot, but I think Huntley can be a decent piece in this offense. I mean, still, I don't want to forget Kenny Gainwell. I still think he's going to be used, used well, used a lot in that aspect. But Huntley gives you the speed on the edges to run, especially since we know his team likes to run that zone concept on the offensive line, that zone running scheme. He, I like the fact that he can stretch the he can stre- run that stretch. He puts one foot in the foot in the ground and he just goes, he just hauls. And he's also been catching the ball very well in those running back passing, those running back quarterback drills. And he, he's looks his routes look precise, like compared to everybody else too. So I think he's 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 basically, he's impressed me a little bit. When it comes to the linebackers, I to me is I I haven't seen like for me as stand out, but I I really like Eric Wilson. I think I won't say that's a standout per se because I think everybody realized that he was going to be the guy and, and relied upon this in his defense. But just you see his range, you see his uh, anticipation when when you have especially in the coverage part in seven or sevens when you have some of these people, uh, some of these tight ends and, and and receivers crossing and what he's able to do. I think he stood out. Then for a safety, I know for a, as, as a depth guy, I think that uh, Graylon Arnold is playing a lot, a lot better than he did last year. He's still in a bubble for me, and I don't know if he's going to make this roster. But I'm basically, I, I, I'm impressed with how far he's come when it came to uh, season over season so far. I mean, what, what, what say you on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I like what Huntley's doing. I certainly think you're right about Wilson. Uh, from a running back perspective, I mean, Kenny Gainwell is a guy who intrigues me. He started off kind of slow, but as, as practice has gone along, uh, you've noticed he's become a really good weapon in the passing game as we expected. I think he's finally finding his footing. I think, you know, Nick Sirianni brought up Austin Eckler when he was with the chargers and how he made so many plays and they couldn't cut him. Uh, Gainwell actually has a similar skill set to Austin Eckler, to Naheem Hines, who he had, Hines, who he had in uh, Indianapolis. So he'll be fun to watch. I think when you look at 
the linebacker group with Davian Taylor being sidelined. I've been intrigued kind of by TJ Edwards. It seems like he's making a play with the second or third team defense pretty regularly. Um, that said, if he's a backup middle linebacker, I do wonder how much he plays. So I think the preseason is pretty big for him. He's come back in great shape. We'll see how that goes. And then it's safety. You know, with Wallace sitting uh, sidelined, Marcus Epps is a guy that I just think is going to be able to make his mark. Um, you know, Graylin Arnold's sidelined. It's just like Elijah Riley and, and Andrew Adams and and Epps. And I think these four guys are or these guys are battling for spots. And Adams is kind of at a disadvantage because he's a vested veteran. If he's here in week one, his entire contract becomes guaranteed. With Epps, he's still on his rookie deal. That wouldn't be the case. So I think uh, from that standpoint, I think Mark Sepps is positioned very, very well um, moving forward. Now, let's get into like individual players and not necessarily positions, because I think Tyree Jackson and Quez Watkins have been the two stories of the offense so far uh, in camp. Can you talk a little bit about those guys? Yeah, when it comes to Tyree Jackson, I think you're seeing the effect that Greg Ward had when he first burst on the scene when it comes to those former quarterbacks. It's vital that, especially, and Nick Sirianni mentioned this before when there's a lot of these uh, choice routes and his options when to break it off and stuff, it's tough to, it's really tough. It's more complicated than just going, okay, go inside, go outside. There's a lot of things that uh, go off of that. So to have a former quarterback that's able to read a defense, find a soft spot in the zone or a man-to-man and just sit down with a big frame, he's like six for seven guy who's, who's, who's large, that helps out at all, uh, any of the quarterbacks, whether you, whether it's uh, Joe Flacco or Nick Mullins, who's been thrown to him a lot, either one of them. So I think as he gets more experience, he's doing better. I'm really curious to see what he does blocking. Uh, and, and even though he doesn't have the pancake guys, he has the large frame. So as long as he gets in their ways and just occupies them and puts them in, gets in their way to open up some lanes, that's that's fine for him. For Quez Watkins, he's another guy who worked who worked very uh, on a lot of his complete game in the offseason. And everybody knows his speed. Everybody knows just like Hightower, everybody knows he can run down the field, run that go route, and try to get separation. But the things that separated him from Hightower that I've seen is he's becoming a better all-around receiver and running all of the routes on a tree a lot more effectively. Sure, he's made those uh he made that acrobatic catch during the open practices on Sunday night, but when it comes to those crossing routes, when it comes to those the, the, the out the out routes with the precision and timing that's needed to make sure the ball is there accurately and the, he and the quarterback were there on time. He's done that a lot better, and he's playing himself in a way where you start to look at the uh, conversation for maybe wide receiver three, maybe wide receiver four. He's definitely played his way up to that. Yeah, I honestly, at this point, he's played so well. If he kills it in the preseason, I think he plays over Travis Fulgham or, or possibly even Jalen Rager, as crazy as that sounds. So, uh, again... A lot of ifs there, a lot of preseason to play, but those are two guys that I'll definitely be keeping an eye on along with Huntley. Uh, And cornerback Zach McPherson and defensive end Josh Sweat have been kind of the two stories on defense with Davian Taylor being sidelined the last couple of weeks. Uh, McPherson is just like all around the ball. Uh, He's (laughs) he's making – he's contesting catches almost like every time he's targeted – 
Uh, he's a legit ball player, in my opinion. He's going to be a guy to watch in the preseason. He gives the Eagles some really valuable depth as that third outside corner. Uh, I think Darius Slay and Steven Nelson have both had pretty solid training camps. I wouldn't say they've been great uh, as much as that word gets tossed around. I think they've been very good for the most part. They've helped improve younger wide receivers. They've given them feedback. They've also battled with them tough. Steven Nelson needed some time to get his feet wet, I think, after missing the offseason program. He's gotten better as the days have gone on. And then, you know, so I, I, I'm watching McPherson a lot, but Josh Sweat, we don't think he'll play very much, but he has been phenomenal. The guy's getting sacks every single practice. He's breaking up read option plays. The offense is raving about how dangerous he is. The defense is cheering for him every time he makes a big play. He seems to be the breakout guy waiting waiting to happen. Uh, who are a couple of guys on defense that you've been looking at, Chris, that have impressed you? For me, I mean, one of the guys, uh, Milton Williams, I know I continue to go back to the thing, but I saw that the pass rushes he's able to get just based off using that strength on the outside, especially when they're, when they're playing like that 3-4 look the strength he's able to get in occupying the guards and forcing them at times to to, to double-team him just opens up things for those off, outside linebackers slash defensive ends to get to break in from the outside. So I really like what I've seen out of him. Uh, I'm surprised uh, when it comes to T.Y. McGill. I think looking at the inside, he's another player that's played in, in the middle that who's been disruptive at times, you know, pushing that pocket back and making things – a little uncomfortable for these uh, quarterbacks. You see them having to run outside because they're getting a lot of uh, pressure there. And, and you're right about McPherson. I mean, he, he's a guy who's – you see some raw tools there, and, and I love the fact that you see the veterans coming over and helping him out. I mean, there is a play where McPherson has uh, got beat, for lack of better words. He, he just got flat out beaten, and, and I think it was uh, – I want to say Andre Patton made a nice move on him and – and the ball, it was, I think it was like an in route or whatever. But you saw Slade come over the sideline. He stood there. He talked with him for about like, like a good three, four minutes, just talking about the little ins and outs. And you need, you need that as well, too, because we all know that, uh, Steven Nelson's only signed that one year contract. So it could be, it's very, very possible that next year you could see McPherson or somebody else be on that outside edge. So anything that a guy like Slade can do to help him come along and come along faster. It's definitely is warranted, but this defense, uh, yeah, I know they say defense is ahead of offense a lot of times in training camp. They definitely do it like that, and and Jonathan Gannon has to like what he's seen so far. All right, Chris, let's get into our final thoughts here as we wrap up. Uh, before we do that, though, pl- cheap plug for the uh, Eagles Extra Tech service. Remember, you can sign up for Eagles Extra on nj.com slash text. Uh, we do weekly Q&As, sometimes spontaneous Q&As like we've done this week. Uh, whenever I go to a Chipotle or eat some pizza, um, it's a <laughs> celebration because I want you to enjoy it too. And then also make sure to subscribe to the No Huddle Show podcast wherever podcasts are available. Give us five-star ratings. Give us your feedback. We appreciate it. Uh, Chris, as we wrap up here, what's the biggest takeaway you want to have from preseason game number one against the Steelers? I think the biggest thing I want to see is I want to see an offense that is third downs. I think that's key. I know it's used a lot, but given that they've placed an extra emphasis on it. I mean, yesterday they even yesterday we watched probably they had a third down jamboree, which I was like, what is this? But yeah, that's all they focused on was third downs. And and I want to see them 
not only convert them, but sustain a, a successful amount of them and do well. Cause I, I just want to see, I want to see more offense if, for lack of better words. I want to see more of these guys see what they can do and more of their talents. Cause three and outs over and over again, it's, it's not going to, you're not really going to get a good feel for what this offense can do in the future, especially in the preseason. So the third downs, I want to see how they do, do that, man. What, what are you looking forward to? I want to see if this defense is legitimate. I mean, I don't think they're going to, you know, show their hand as far as what they have going, but I want to see that the individual personnel forms a really strong, cohesive unit together and performs well uh, under Jonathan Gannon. I'm pretty high on Jonathan Gannon as far as what I'm seeing from him and his staff in practice. I think the defense has been dominant for the most part during training camp. And I, I want to see if they're for real, at least to an extent of, hey, can they play a base defense, even if it's vanilla, and have success against the Steelers. So for Chris, I'm Mike. We will talk to you next week after this preseason game wraps up. We'll have a full recap of our thoughts on the preseason. We'll also make sure to go in detail on standouts and stand downs, I guess you could call them, or stand-ins. Uh Guys that will be stand-ins? I, I don't know. I, whatever. Anyway. Uh, so again, for Chris, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you soon.